0: Hello, welcome to Big Sky Breakdown. Coulter Nuanas. As always, you can find this podcast at SkylineSportsMT.com. Coming to you on Monday night, this podcast addressing Montana State and Southern Utah's upcoming matchup in Bozeman and also rehashing Montana State's 16 12 loss at North Dakota. If you want extrapolated commentary thoughts, go check out the Two Tell Nuanas podcast on Montana Football Hour turned into Montana Football Hour times two. You can find it at 1029ESPN.com where you can find it on all your favorite podcast hosting platforms. Give you plenty of analysis on MSU's 16-12 loss to UND and where the Bobcats go from here. Four games left, sitting at 5-3, and three, and it's go time if you're MSU. Montana State head coach Jeff Choate, he talks all about that in his weekly news conference. The sound, courtesy of Shane Driscoll. Appreciate Shane for providing the top-notch audio quality, as always. And as always, the Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Selway Armory. Get your butt into the new Selway Armory in Bozeman. It's a beautiful new store. They have all sorts of firearm and ammunition inventory. Whether you're looking for a hunting rifle, you want to get yours tuned up, need some ammo before you go out hunting, whether you're bird hunting or rifle hunting or whatever you need, they got you covered. They got expert advice, some of the best prices in Montana. Locations in both Missoula and Bozeman. So go check out the new one in Bozeman. It's a beautiful store. Big Sky Breakdown, also presented in part by Town Pump. Montana's best since 1953. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Town Pump food store near you. They got you covered when it comes to gas, food, beer, Whatever you need, now Pup has got you covered. Appreciate those presenting sponsors for being a part of Skyline Sports and the Big Sky Breakdown. Here's Jeff Choate recapping his team's loss to North Dakota, looking ahead to Southern Utah.
1: Golt, we know that in Montana there's a lot of hunters, a lot of gun enthusiasts, so you might as well shop local when you're looking for your next firearm or accessory, huh?
0: Selway Army, they got the best prices around and the best service you'll find anywhere. As the guys over there will tell you, shop with Selway Army for a year, we guarantee you you'll
1: save some money. The other thing is they have great knowledge. There's a lot of questions that people have about the right styles and types to suit them and what it is that they're trying to do. And all the guys over at Selway Armory know their firearms and ammunition and accessories inside and out. With
0: locations in both Missoula and Bozeman, Selway Armory has some specialty products as well, including full Sig Sauer inventory for your best in handguns and much, much more.
1: Like Coulter said, two brick-and-mortar locations, one in Missoula, one in Bozeman, and also online. Tremendous inventory there. They'll ship everything you want, selwayarmory.com.
2: Difficult loss to swallow. I think there were so many opportunities for us to make plays in that game that um, starting in the first half, really, the first, first quarter, actually, that uh, you know, would have dramatically impacted the game, our inability to put the ball in the end zone on that first drive. Uh, missed opportunity on a double move should have probably been a walk-in touchdown. Uh, one of the better balls that Tucker threw on the day, and then uh, you know it kind of became a um, just kind of a slugfest after that. You know it was a very close game, seven-six at halftime. Um, man, it was second half. I just I just think there were so many things that we could have done better, starting with me as the head coach in terms of um, you know. Getting us into better play selection, um, utilizing timeouts to get us into out of bad play selection. You know there was just so many things that were uh, available for us, and then it, you know in a game like that, it's going to come down to four or five plays, and I, I, you really got to credit them. I mean they made those plays. I mean even though we didn't field the punt, that punter put the ball down on the one inch line, okay, and that was a huge play. Uh, we didn't protect well, but they made a play. And that's what we didn't do. We didn't go make plays. Our playmakers didn't make plays uh, that were available be, to be made. I was proud of the way our defense, even though we had a couple scheme things that they got us on, with some, uh, some slant routes into the boundary. You know, We'd give up a play, but then we'd tighten up and force a three and out right after that or uh, hold them to a field goal if they got in the red zone, or as we did in the first half, uh, create a takeaway in the red zone with a big hit by Quay. And it was just a very, very even game. You know, very. I mean, you look at it. Exactly. How many often times are you gonna play a game? And you're gonna have exactly the same amount of total offense for both teams. That doesn't happen very often. It's kind of a statistical anomaly. We had the one takeaway, which probably took points or at least a field goal opportunity away from them, and uh, and that was really that. You know, other than that, it was just a dead even game, and it was gonna come down to what it did. You know, us making some mistakes in the fourth quarter, leading into that last possession, and them capitalizing on it. And so, uh, you know, it stings and it's tough. And, uh, you know, we can control what we can control moving forward. We've got to not listen to outside noise, you know, stay focused on what we've got to do to improve. Um, I really felt like we did some of the things we talked about going into the bye week on defense. And I think we started to do that on offense. And then as the game got tighter, you could almost sense that it was like, let's not screw this up. You know, we're in a close game. Let's not make mistakes. You've got you to play to win. You got to play to win. You can't call games or play games not to lose, and that's been my message to our staff and to our players moving forward. Is that you know, um, no matter what, you know these guys are going to respond how we do, and if we tell them and show them, really not tell them because words are meaningless, but show them that we believe in them, we have confidence in them, and when plays are available, let's call that play. You know, let's not you you know get kind of pushed into a box and. And I think that's, to a large degree, what happened to us on Saturday afternoon on offense in the second half was we, as the game got tighter, we started to call a game not to lose it. And ultimately, that put us in a position where you're going to lose it. And we've got to call games and play games to win. And that is my opening statement. Questions? What what
1: is your role, just kind of on the play selection?
2: Yeah, you know, really, it kind of varies from week to week, to be honest with you, Greg. And I think that's... um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a genius offensive mind. I think what I understand is defensive football better than offensive football. So when I have suggestions, it's based on the style of defense that we're playing. And so through the course of the week, I have sidebars with our offensive staff, our defensive staff, with BJ. Um, this last week, quite honestly, I spent much more time on defense, you know. And uh, coming off the Sac State game, off the bye, that was an area where I didn't feel like we were playing with the right edge and uh, devoted more time to, to that particular side of the ball. Um, but, you know, that's still going to be, I, I, as I tell Matt, you know, I'm, a, I'm I'm making suggestions. I'm not making demands during a game unless I tell him, hey, we're calling this. And so that's what I try to do is, you know, you can always tell when a got a play caller, when a play caller is struggling for a call, it's easy for me, whether it was Ty or Kane now, it was easy for me on defense. Go to this. Go to this. Go to this. I can help those guys because I've done that. And on offense, it's got to be, you know, I think that's where, Uh, we have to do, starting with me, a better job of helping Matt in those situations, whether that's, you know, mixing up where our guys are at. And I think we will do some things to change kind of the location of our coaching staff to help the communication because that's been a little – that was an issue on Saturday. We had some sideline stuff that was not good. I mean, we had some play calls and, card calls that were wrong and um, in some critical situations that, you know, we've got to clean that part of it up. And I think by, uh, you know – Getting better feedback from our guys in the booth, maybe moving some guys around. You know, last year one of the things I felt that was really good for us was having Brian and Matt up there together. I thought those guys worked really well together because if it was a third down, I, you know, hey Brian, get your third down run ready. Matt, get your third down pass ready. And then when you get to third down, you got two really good ideas that are already ready to go. And uh, we need to take some of that off of him in terms of having to carry everything. Matt, you know, with Brian being focused on the offensive line, that's such an, a labor-intensive deal and the communication that takes place really in between series every single time with those guys is so critical and uh, so I think that's an area that we can do a better job and you know I mean at the end of the day hey here's the deal I'm the head football coach when, when things don't go well that's on me as the head football coach and uh, everybody everybody's going to share some level of of responsibility but I bear the ultimate responsibility and, and I accept that responsibility and I'm fine with that and uh, for us to improve we got to be better in a number of areas and uh, you know we're going to work really, really hard to improve those areas, and we're excited that we have a home football game on Saturday to go play.
0: Last week, and kind of consistently, we've talked at this point of the season. You are who you are. Yep. Um, how do you hope to spark your team going in November? Do you see that as an issue at this
2: point? No. You know, I think I think our guys are, are we're we're in familiar territory, if you will, and um, I think our guys, you know, kind of get that you got to you know we have this conversation with them on a regular basis. So you know. You, Kind of sometimes you've got to wait for it to get hard. You know? Because when it gets hard, that's when other people start to kind of fall off. And, and that's when you've got to have that toughness and that edge and start to grab a gear and move forward. And so uh, you know, we have our deficiencies, without a doubt. But so, do, so does every single team. You know, every single team's got, a, got an Achilles heel. It's, they've got flaws. You know, right now, you've got kind of Sack State and Weber that are the cream of the crop in this league. And then it's you know, a dogfight right now for everybody else that wants to get an opportunity to play postseason football. And there's three or four teams, maybe even as many as five in this league, that are still in that mode, and so um, there's a lot of football to be played. And there's, you know, there's going to be teams that, have, you know, we've got to improve, without a doubt. Um, but really, what we got to do is play to win.
0: You were at this point last season, um, very drop two. Do you yeah. have a level of confidence knowing that you had your backs against the wall and came out for performed last year?
2: Yeah. Well, you know. You're not the team you were last year. And uh, I, I have, conf- I have a, a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence in our group. Um, we have some tremendous senior leaders. I like our captains. I like the toughness of this group. I like how we're playing defense right now. I think we've got to make some, 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 create some momentum for ourselves in the kicking game and be better there. And, uh, and clearly, we've got to be more explosive on offense. But I have total confidence in this group to be able to go achieve the goals that we still have in front of us.
0: In, in the past couple of years, has been the key to that uh,
2: improvement in the season. One game at a time mentality. I think one of the things that happens to a team early, especially you know young guys are young guys. You get in early in the season, right? And regardless of what happens, good or bad, early in a year, that can really skew kind of how kids view themselves, and it forces a lot of times they'll start looking ahead. You know, like I don't, I'm, I'm pretty confident there's a group of our guys, not all of them, but a group of our guys that were looking ahead to the bye week when the week we played Sac State. You know. Um, and I don't think anybody was looking ahead or looking past North Dakota. I think North Dakota is a really good football team at home. They've proven that out. They beat Sam Houston State. They beat Cal Davis. They beat us all in really good, tight, competitive games. And uh, they're a little bit different team on the road. And so uh, as we go down the stretch, what we've got to do is we it can't be massive improvements. It's got to be incremental improvements and make the plays that are available to be made. You know. Again, we go back, you look at, let's say we punch that first score in, and on that second drive, Travis catches jot jo- that ball. It's 14-0. I think we got our swagger at that point. It's going to be a pretty good, pretty good day for the Bobcats. Neither one of those things happened. And North Dakota took advantage of the momentum that was created by us, not grabbing what was in front of us. And so I think those are things that uh, very easy to illustrate to the young men in our program. And now it's about, you know it's about toughness, it's about discipline, it's about passion, it's about competitiveness. And that's what we've got to hang our hat on right now.
1: You talked a lot about third-down conversions on offense, but the sheer volume of third-down plays that you've faced uh, seems pretty high. I think 18 third-down plays last week, 15 against Sac State. Is that too many, do you think?
2: Well, I think, (laughs) yeah, it it definitely is. Um, But one of the things that I think we've, we've done is we've made teams earn it. You know, and I and I do think there's a there's an aspect to that that you're not giving up the big play even if you're even if they're converting those third downs and continuing to do that there's at least they're they're having to earn it. You know, we we gave up the the trick play that was the only offensive score they had in the whole game. Once they got in the red zone, they really couldn't do a lot. And uh, and I think this is a pretty good offense. You know, I really do, especially in that dome setting. I think those guys sling the ball around pretty good. He's got some good targets. They have good scheme. Um, and so, you know, I mean. I'm, we got to do a little bit better job sometimes on second down. I think that was, in this game in particular, I think that was what caught up with us because there were some second down plays where we had them back. You know, we'd get a negative play on first down, and then they get a nine yard gain on, on second and 12, and all of a sudden you got a very manageable third down.
0: You do have young coordinators, and Matt, just in his second year, uh, do you consider it more of maybe some growing pains than in trend?
2: No, I, I would, t- I mean, statistically, Matt's tenure here as a play caller has been our best. And so um, I think that there's a, there's a variety of reasons why, that, why you have lulls. And some of it is film. You know, I mean, some of it is, hey, Tucker's been on film for a while. Now they've got some things on him. Some of it is, you know, uh, some of the playmakers that we had early in the season we don't necessarily have access to right now. Some of it is Matt getting more film and people understanding who he is. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably – I don't know if I'd say it exactly the same way. I don't know if it's growing pains, but I think that certainly, you know, Matt's not a finished product, and he's a really smart guy, and he's a really hard worker, and he has the confidence and trust of our team. And uh, I think that that's the thing that will, you know, he'll continue to improve. There's no doubt. And uh, as we all do, you know, as we all do. I mean, if we don't, it's probably time to move on and do something else.
1: Let's evaluate the to various hosties. performance. <clears throat>
0: the young guy hadn't played since Western Illinois he came in 76 yards. Some
2: juice for you. Guys. yeah, yeah, I had the one explosive play force early in the game, did some nice things. I think obviously he's a guy that we think a lot of, and uh, he's certainly gonna be someone that, uh, as he gets more and more reps, he's gonna I think show more and more. Um, you know, he missed maybe a few cuts here or there and didn't pour it in a few times that where you'd like to see him do that. And I think that's just a symptom of not as many reps. I mean, really, he's been on the shelf for the last couple of weeks as we're trying to get other guys. You know, Logan Jones was our primary guy for a while. Isaiah still really isn't healthy to the point where we can roll him through series. And so um, that was the, the decision this week was to get DeHose going, and he did an awesome job. Southern Utah lost five in a row before last week, putting on nearly 60 against Idaho State. How do you evaluate that? You so here's what I'd say about Southern Utah. Okay, So Coach Warren has got these guys improving. When you look at them statistically, you go, okay, at Weber State, one of the best teams in the league, they play a really close competitive ball game, Then they get Davis at home, play really well against Davis, lose the game, Okay, Then they get Idaho State and they route them. Now, it was a weird game. There was a lot of strange things that happened early in that game that really put Idaho State at a a preseason. I mean, it was 28-7 in the first quarter. And so that it was an it was kind of an interesting set of events. I mean, the very first play from scrimmage should have probably been a pick six, quarterback throws to the boundary, they cloud the boundary, he intercepts it, they get first and first and goal on the 7-yard line. That was the very first offensive play that Southern Utah had and it kind of went downhill from there for Idaho State. But they made those plays. And I think that they're a very confident team coming off of that victory without a doubt and as they should be. And you know, I think their quarterback who's a transfer has continued to get better and better as the year went on. I think he's identified who he's comfortable with. Uh, number 14, really good athlete, really uh, um, you know, kind of a spark form on offense in a variety of ways. They've, they've started to run the quarterback in the plus one run game, designed quarterback runs. And I think that's helped them and helped their offense start to kind of gel. They play a variety of guys at running back, but all of them are pretty, pretty capable players. They've got 58, one of the, the center that's one of the better offensive linemen in the country over the last couple of years. And so they definitely have some talent there. Uh, when I look at them on defense, they're kind of multiple and really for us we see a different defense anyway every week Um, maybe the exception is is like a North Dakota because they are so aggressive anyway but um, you know this isn't a team that on paper has a high blitz percentage but if you're watching us you're probably going bring field wave as much as you possibly can and see if they have an answer for it you know and so um, they you know I think this is a defense that's improving week in, week in and week out. You know, it's hard to decide if they're, you know, their base is kind of a four-three. You'll see them play 4-2-5 nickel against lighter-set teams. They'll get into some odd stack at times. Um, really, they're more multiple in their coverage looks than they are in their front. Not a heavy blitz team, as I said, but a team I think that's improved over the last three weeks, playing good competition. Played a really tight competitive game against Weaver State at their place. Uh, played a tight competitive game against Cal or Cal Davis at their at. at uh, at southern utah and then had the big win maybe that breakthrough moment for him against idaho state so i think they're a dangerous team with a lot of momentum coming in
1: was saturday the best example of what troy can bring on on that linebacker do you think?
2: i don't know i mean i think he's played a couple pretty games. he played pretty well against cal against cal poly as well against a different style and maybe you don't notice it as much but i think that he's starting to become more comfortable um in that role and that's kind of the catch-22 it's like you know, how much do you play him on offense when he's being that effective on defense? And, uh, but I think he did some really nice things in that game.
0: What have you thought of his production on both sides of the ball? I think 34 tackles, <laughs> three sacks, five touchdowns.
2: Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what he'd do if he was 100%. It'd probably be twice that. You know, and I think that's a testament to his toughness. And you, know, you can tell, I mean, how many times have you probably watched a run he's making, and you're thinking, oh, he got caught. A year ago, he's gone. You know, and I and I think that uh, he even gets frustrated by that, you know, because he's such a competitive guy. But I do think he he's feeling a little bit better than he has, Uh, and you can see that showing up. I think in in terms of how he's playing. You
0: talked about uh, being on the headset and being able to talk to both coordinators. Now that you've seen Kane in the first half of conference play, what do you think about his play calling and kind of his maturation as a coordinator?
2: Yeah, I think again, what I what I'd say is it like. uh, I liked I liked his aggressiveness in the first half of this game. I think that has set a tone for our defense. Um, and I, and I think what he's learning is that is the rhythm of the play calling. You know, and he was on the sideline, I think when he play when he called plays um, in fifteen. And I think it's been much better for him being upstairs. I think you know it's it's not as chaotic, and you can just kind of get into the flow of the of the offensive play caller's rhythm, too. And I think that's what I've seen with him is over the course of games, I've seen him kind of catch up. You, know, you never know exactly what their game plan is going to be going in. And so you've got to kind of adjust and adapt. And everybody's going to have tendencies. But you still, oh, they're going to attack us this way. And I think Kane has done a nice job as a game, as a game has kind of gone on and progressed of, of identifying how offensive play callers are trying to attack us, and then finding the rhythm and the flow to be able to, oh, this is our counterpunch. Okay. Yeah, we're going to bring boundary pressure here because they are doing this on third down, or you know, we're going to stay out of that pressure here because that's been a problem for us on this on this particular set. So, uh, I think he's done a nice job of of adjusting and and kind of getting into the flow of the of the of the game as it's gone on.
1: We were able to talk to Tucker after the game. and He seemed to put a lot of the loss on
2: himself. Is that just him being a leader, uh, I, or is he being too hard on himself? I, probably. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, and I'm, you know, I don't talk, I mean, it's one of those weird deals. I think the head coach and the quarterback have to have kind of an interesting relationship. And one of the things I always tell those guys is at the end of the day, fellas, listen, we're going to get way too much blame when things don't go well. And we're going to, you know, get way too much credit when they do. And so, you know, you've got to try to maintain a little bit of a balance, a little bit of an even keel. And, uh, but I think that's hard. I mean, you know, Tucker cares about those guys in that locker room. He knows that he's the play, you know, he's the, 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 the offense is, is going through him. And uh, you know he internalizes a lot of that, but I think it's unfair to say that that was uh, all on him. I mean, clearly there was a lot of things that took place during that course of that game that everybody bears responsibility in. Good.
1: Colton,
0: do you have anything? Yeah, just a couple questions. Um, first. Jeff, uh, you know, we were talking about Troy just a second ago. Just kind of how do you approach his workload at this point? And because I know you said you wanted to go to him late there in the game on offense. Just kind
1: of how do you approach his workload at this point in the season?
2: Well, it, you know, it's, it's actually been kind of a week-to-week thing because a lot of it depends on how he's feeling physically. Um, and, and we try to protect Troy from Troy sometimes because he only knows one speed. And, uh, you know, if he's really beat up, probably needs to play a little bit more defense because he can, he can control a little bit more what's going to happen to him there. On offense, especially when he's carrying the ball, uh, there's a lot of bullets flying from a lot of different directions. And, uh, and usually when he lines somebody up, he's going to try to truck them. And they usually make good business decisions and try to tackle them low instead of high. And that's where some of the dings have come from. And so you know, we've got to be smart with him. And, and uh, his health is, is probably the number one thing that we think about in terms of his workload.
1: And lastly, here I kind of talk
0: about urgency now. At this point, after coming off of last week, um, you know, what do you kind
1: of think of the, the attitude that the team is right now, coming off of a couple losses?
2: Yeah, Sunday was a tough day. Sundays are always going to be difficult after a loss, but you know, clearly that was a that was a, a gut wrenching loss. The, the, some of the sequence of events that took place, and uh, being a hard fought road game, and all those types of things, and playing probably well enough to win on on the defensive side, and not quite getting enough done. Uh, in the other two phases to, to get it over over the top and so um, it takes it takes a while you know the old 24 hour rule definitely applies and sometimes it's a little bit more but I think what was really good was for us, for us to get outside this morning I think that being in 17 degree weather in a snowstorm uh, you know got the the that fresh air kind of you know got them going a little bit but you you know you do need to get back out it's like you know what our sanctuary is it doesn't matter what sport you play if you're a wrestler your sanctuary is the mat if you're Basketball player, your sanctuary is the court. If you're a football player, your sanctuary is the field, and so you get back out there and um, you start moving around, and you realize that uh, you know you're still you're still upright and breathing, and you get to play a game that you love, and you're out there with your brothers, and let's go uh, let's go wash this thing out of our mouth, and let's go get ready to go play another game. Hey coulter Town
1: Pump is across the state of Montana, just like Skyline Sports MT for that matter. Well, Skyline Sports across the globe. Two Telle is across the state. Okay, back to Town Pump. I get it. All right.
0: Seems like you can't turn anywhere in Montana without seeing a Town Pump. Like they say, there's one right down the road,
1: and they got you covered no matter what you need. That's right. Gas and convenience stores, of course, the best and nicest convenience stores. Excellent bathrooms, I might add, which I appreciate very much at Town Pump. But also, if you're looking for a little leisure time, leisure activities, the casinos, the liquor stores, they have everything that you need. Great prices on beer and wine, all the snacks and
0: food you could ever want. Town Pump Food Stores, Montana's best since 1953.